This is Sunrise, the who, what, when, where, why, and WTF of Florida politics. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee, and for starters, I'd like to thank Jim Rossica for filling in while I dealt with the death of my father. Dad was a hell of a man, but that's a story for another time. Today on Sunrise, the Florida Senate meets in special session to decide whether Scott Israel should be reinstated as sheriff of Broward County. The governor suspended him for the failures of his deputies during the massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School and a mass shooting at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. But a special master hired by the Senate says the governor was wrong. She doesn't have a say in the matter, but that hasn't stopped Florida's attorney general from weighing in on the special session. Ashley Moody is asking senators to uphold the governor's suspension of the former Broward sheriff. The union that represents Florida school teachers is on the road this week. Their big red bus is stopping in six panhandle counties over three days, part of a campaign for public education. We'll also have your calendar of events and check out the latest transgressions against civility by Florida Man. And now the top stories on Sunrise for Tuesday, October 22nd. The Florida Senate is in the midst of an extraordinary special session that is reopening wounds from the Valentine's Day massacre at Marjorie Stoneman Douglas High School in Parkland. After taking office in January, Governor Ron DeSantis suspended Broward County Sheriff Scott Israel for the failures of his deputies at the school and in a separate shooting at the Fort Lauderdale Airport. Israel appealed that decision, so now it's up to the Florida Senate to decide if the governor was right. DeSantis is a Republican, Israel a Democrat, but Senate President Bill Galvano says this is not a partisan issue. Each senator has to find it in her or his conscience as to what to to do. This is not a, a uh, caucus issue. It's an individual senator issue, and everything that is part of the record is available to the uh, senators to base their decision on. While Galvano insists this is not partisan, it is very political, and many of the Parkland parents have come to the Capitol to argue against reinstating the sheriff. Tony Montaldo lost his daughter Gina in the shooting, and he blames Israel for the failure of his deputies. This was a systemic issue of failures in multiple levels by multiple parts of the Broward County Sheriff's Office. When you have systemic failures like that, it can only be placed on a leadership failure. If a ship's crew on the ocean doesn't do the right job, the captain is ultimately held responsible. Why would we let our chief peace officer of our county be let off the hook for his failures and the failures of those under his direct command. The special master hired by the Senate reached a different conclusion. Attorney and former state lawmaker Dudley Goodlett says the governor's executive order suspending Israel made several allegations but did not provide the evidence to back them up. The governor has not sustained the burden of proof by a preponderance of the evidence. Montaldo doesn't buy it. He says the special master didn't dig deep enough. I would say that the special master's report is uh, incomplete. Um, as I recall, he did not mention anything in there about 17 people dying. He did talk, though, about dust falling from the ceiling from the gunshots, clearly a much more important factor. Also, the special master found multiple failures by BSO under Sheriff Israel. He did not connect the dots. That's what we tried to do here. We tried to connect the dots. When you have this many pieces of an organization fail, it must fall on the leader. Montaldo's not the only one challenging the special master's recommendation. Florida State University student Hunter Pollock lost his sister in the Parkland shooting. You know, there was a lot of flaws in the special master's recommendation, and I'm looking forward to, you know, special counsel. Uh, our lawyers here today with us, the governor's lawyers, we're all going to point out the flaws that the special master made. I believe that the Senate should 
and must uphold the suspension of Scott Israel. How did Scott Israel fail the students of Parkland? You know, it's evident command and control was weak. Deputies didn't respond. Active shooter policy was horrible. There's just so many failures I could sit down with you, you know, for days. He chose politics over policing, and the result of that was two mass shootings under his watch. And, and that's why we're here today. If he wasn't such a politician and actually prioritizing public safety, maybe my sister would be alive today. And yet you're dealing with a political forum here, too. What are the yes. chances you get screwed all over again? You know, the, I'm optimistic. The Senate seems like reasonable, reasonable people. They seem like they're willing to listen to the facts of both sides. This is what it is, pretty much a trial. And I could just stay optimistic and hope it goes in our favor. It, ha it has been very time consuming. I'm studying for the LSAT right now. I'm in five classes at Florida State University. I'd rather be studying and passing my classes and focusing on that next step. But now we have to go through this again with this uh, Senate hearing and it's a sad reality that the families of murdered children have to beg the Senate to uphold the suspension. A great suspension. Um, if you're going to suspend anyone, Scott Israel was, you know, he was responsible for this shooting and the facts are evident. And if we don't hold him accountable, then who do we? State Senator Lauren Book of Plantation has been one of the most outspoken supporters of the students and parents of Parkland. They want closure, but Book does not know if they'll get it from the Senate, regardless of the vote. I don't know that there will ever be a sense of closure for these families in my time, getting to know them, um, being a part of this community. Um, look, last week we had two balloons explode at uh, at the Boca Mall <laughs> and um, you know there was a SWAT response I, our community is still very raw um, and I don't know that that this will bring any sort of closure for these families um, but I think that this is sort of where we are we're having to relive this you know I've spent quite a bit of time with the families you know up until um, you know so a couple of days before and and I think that everyone is highly emotional um, so hopefully we can get through the next couple of days. We've talked to some parents, they talk about it difficult. Is this difficult for you? This is impossible. It's an impossible situation. It's, an, it's very difficult because you're weighing so many different um, parts of the reality. Now, nowhere near as hard as the things that those families have to go through. You know, I think about it's Luke Hoyer's birthday on Friday. That's another birthday where he's not going to be here. Um, they have to walk by, you know, bedrooms that are no longer filled with their children, um, sitting at the table where that child used to sit or that, you know, that spouse used to sit. Um, you know, that's hard. This is weighing um, where we need to be um, and, and trying to make the right decision um, to uphold. Weigh on it. you? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, as, a, as one of the, you know, a Broward County member, um, weighing, um, you know, overturning an election and denying those individuals their say and who they have in that place. Um, so it is very, very difficult. There is no easy answer for lawmakers. They're dealing with grieving families, legal technicalities, the balance of powers between state and local government, and partisan political repercussions that could haunt them for the rest of their careers. But Senate President Galvano says they'll try to do the right thing. I have faith in the senators that they're going to uh, a rise to the occasion, look at everything and, and adhere to the standard, which is what in their conscience is best for the people of Florida. The full Senate begins deliberations on Israel's fate tomorrow.
Florida's Attorney General Ashley Moody is backing the governor's decision to suspend the Broward Sheriff. She actually doesn't have a say in the matter, but Florida politics correspondent Ryan Nickel reports that Moody released a letter Monday saying the Parkland shooting represents the failure of an entire organization that failed to protect the Parkland families. The AG also says the governor's suspension should be upheld in order to ensure the safety of Broward County and the accountability of our leaders. The Teachers Union is on the road trip through the Panhandle this week, part of a new campaign for public education. The Florida Education Association says the Sunshine State ranks in the bottom 10 of the states nationally in per-student funding and in pay for teachers and support staff. That includes teacher aides, bus drivers, food service workers, custodians, even office staff. They're asking state lawmakers to come up with $22 billion in new funding over the next decade. The FEA's Big Red Bus Tour started out in Bay and Gadsden counties Monday. Today, they're in Okaloosa and Walton. Tomorrow, they'll be in Santa Rosa and Escambia. Next up on Sunrise, we're talking with Steve Vancour, our resident pollmeister. Steve, you've been keeping an eye on the Rules Committee in the State Senate during this special session as they consider the governor's suspension of the former Broward Sheriff. And I wanted to get your take on the spectacle. Well, Rick, you know, we're a political sh uh, show and we're used to hearing, you know, talking about this stuff through a political spectrum. But it's hard uh, when you see the grief in the families and know what they've been through and the horrors they've witnessed and the sadness they still feel. Uh, so however we put this out there, let's not forget them. And I know much of the show is dedicated to them as we're well. We're trying to show some respect, but news yeah. is news and politics is what we're all about. Well, and you're exactly right. And, and you know, that politics began with the morning. Uh, the morning started early with a large number of pro-Scott Israel people uh, in the room. They the had ones pins. that came marching in with the buttons. and yeah. Exactly. It like a political like a rally. rally. It's yeah. exactly right. And then here come the families. And uh, what happens immediately with the families is they get shepherded into the, into the room. And I'm sure part of them are thinking, oh, they're treating us kindly. They're treating us nicely. But they became part of the theater because they got sat right behind the cameras, right? So that all the testimony, all the news that was going to be picking this up, you'd have Parkland families, aggrieved folks sitting in there. And you would see the painful reaction on their faces when they, something was said they did not agree with. That's exactly right. That's yeah. exactly right. So there were a few interesting uh, moments today, uh, very long. Uh, went till the, the you know, late night. Um, I thought the, the objective of the Republicans coming in, clearly they had a Republican, the special master, his report was a slam dunk win for Scott Israel, right? So the Republicans' clear objective on this committee and going forward was and will be to minimize the Dudley Goodlett special master report, and to bring in other information that kind of balances out the scale. I thought Senator Bradley did a very good job of that. He was extremely well prepared, brought up some very um, interesting comments related to the behavior of the sheriff's office, failures in the sheriff's office, and, and did a good job, I think, of balancing those scales. On the other side of the equation, there's, I'm not going to pick out any individual Democrat, but clearly the Democrats were orchestrated. They were very well prepared. The no redundant questions, good questions that I guess kind of put things back in perspective a little bit. And, they, and at the end, if you just saw this coming in cold, you would be neutral. I think you would be neutralized, okay? Um, but the, the, to me, the most interesting person there was Tom Lee, former oh, yeah. Senate president. That was an astounding bit of uh, legalese. Yeah, and and you know where does he go at the end of the day uh, is 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 unknown. But clearly, he was troubled 
by uh, the governor's uh, office's non-reaction in the trial. He was troubled by the uh, desire to ignore the special master's report. He had a hard cross-examination of uh, George Levesque. Uh, And in fact, at one point, Levesque all but declared the fifth, which is not the best posture to be in. Uh, He got him to uh, basically say that there's a little bit of quid pro quoing going on here. That blew up the Twitter sphere for a while when he said, well, you did remember, members, this is a political, not a legal, which pushed Lee to say, well, wait a second. If it were legal, then bop, 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 bop. The rules are different. The rules are different. for We don't have to follow all the the legal nuances. (laughs) Exactly. So uh, I think this was a day that most people remember looking back on Tom, Senator Lee, former Senate President Lee. Uh, where it ends up on the floor is really anybody's guess, but it's looking like it's going to be straight down party lines. But what Lee's comments allowed Sheriff Israel's lawyer to do is take this case even further if he does lose, correct? That's exactly right. And and the, the odds are that uh, this will come down along party lines, maybe a vote back and forth here or there. But it was clear that um, Israel's lawyer, Ben Cuny, was preserving his right of due process. He wasn't going to get he wasn't going to play that game. You could see it. He was going straight up on due process. My hunch is you see this headed to the federal court uh, the moment it's it's failed. And and he's looking at a federal court, by the way, that two of the three acting judges have shown no hesitation. And we just saw a very interesting ruling from Judge Hinkle, not afraid to whack the government. Judge Walker, same thing. So my hunch is you look at what Ben Cuny was saying. He's clearly playing for the next round. Okay, so your prediction is? Partisan vote in the Senate. Yeah, absolutely. The governor's order is upheld, and there's an appeal to the federal court. That's correct. That's correct. And then the question is, can the federal court reverse the governor's decision and reinstate Israel? Does the and you know because there will ultimately be an appeal of that federal decision. And you remember, at the federal level, it usually works for unlike at the state court level, where an appeal stays the ruling. At the federal level, most often, uh, the federal rule goes. So it's conceivable that they take it to the federal court, they get an emergency hearing. It could happen that the federal court reinstates Israel and then an appeals court maybe undoes that. So you could have a back and forth sheriff situation, which is probably not what anybody wants. Gotcha. And thanks to Donald Trump, we don't have to explain what quid pro quo means. (laughs) Steve, thanks for joining us today. Always great to have you in the studio. Thanks for having me. On the agenda today, the governor and cabinet meet at 9 o'clock on the lower level of the state capitol. They'll be interviewing candidates and could appoint a new commissioner for the Office of Financial Regulation. After the cabinet meeting, Agriculture Commissioner Nikki Freed will read to a group of second grade students from Pineview Elementary School as part of a celebration of National Agriculture Literacy Day. That's at 11.30 in the House Chamber of the Old Capitol. Pro-choice groups will hold a press conference at 1130 in the state capitol, speaking out against a House bill that would require parental consent before minors can obtain an abortion. The Legislative Black Caucus in Florida presents its 2020 legislative session priorities, including criminal justice, economic, social, and education, and health issues. The press conference happens at 1230 on the fourth floor of the state capitol. Also, it's Florida Atlantic University Day at the Capitol. You can expect to see displays and information tables around the rotunda and on the 22nd floor of the state capitol. And time now for the latest from Florida Man, the superhero we don't need but so richly deserve. Deputies in Polk County have charged a man with driving under the influence after he was spotted weaving through traffic on a Segway, one of those two-wheeled motorized personal vehicles that are controlled by the way the rider distributes their weight. 
48-year-old Anthony Segears admitted drinking almost two bottles of wine before he got in his Segway. His blood alcohol level was almost three times the legal limit. And a Florida man wearing nothing more than swim trunks, goggles, and a bandana pulled a nine-foot-long gator out of a swimming pool in Parkland. Alligator trapper Paul Bedard posted photos on Instagram showing him hoisting the defeated reptile over his head as he stood in the pool. Bedard says it was actually kind of fun because the water's crystal clear and there's nowhere the gator can run. All he basically had to do was play with it until it got tired. Then he pulled it from the water and taped the gator's mouth shut. That's it for this edition of Sunrise. I'm Rick Flagg reporting from Tallahassee for Florida Politics. Join us again tomorrow.